right, welcome back to Cover Stories. Today we have Brett Stokes of the band New Blood covering Fall Out Boy's Dead on Arrival. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Awesome, awesome. So just jump right in, jumping, jumping right into this, uh, what made you decide to choose this song? Um, I guess I just wanted to do an old school kind of like emo pop punk song. I was trying to figure out, and uh, I think this Take This to Your Grave is kind of the quintessential yeah. album for that. And um, yeah, I just really love the song Dead on Arrival. It's a great song. Yeah, it's it's my favorite, probably my favorite Fall Out Boy song. <laughs> for real? I think so. I, uh, I, I like Take This to Your Grave the best just because... I think it meant more to me at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think by the time Cork Tree came out, I was like over that era of my... I mean, I still like can appreciate it, but I just wasn't as into it as Take This to Your Grave. Yeah, I think front to back, Take This to Your Grave is like probably the best Fall Out Boy record. I, I like it a lot. And I think Dead on Arrival specifically, I enjoy even more because it was on Rock Band. And I learned how to play drums from okay. Rock Band. Yeah. And I right. was obsessed with that song because it was so fucking hard. See, I never even played Rock Band. Really? Yeah, yeah. I probably played that song. I've probably played that song close to a thousand times because it was really hard to beat. Okay. And you would think after all that time I'd get sick of the song, but I still love it. Yeah, and I know when they were writing that song in particular, um, they like had a a label looking at them yeah. and kind of challenging them to put out, they were on the fence about signing them and uh, kind of challenging them to put out a song and then in response made that song. And so uh, I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. I was just reading about that. Um, Island records or um, Island records signed them, but they did it as a subsidiary through Field by ramen. Mm-hmm. So they released it through Field by ramen, but uh, a lot of like the smaller labels back then had this thing where they were, uh, would make these deals with bigger record labels to where if the band broke, they would go to the bigger label. Okay. And s- some had better is- uh, better ones than other. Like, I know Drive Through Records got screwed by MCA because they would lose their popular bands to MCA. Ooh. I think Island might have been a little bit better because Fueled by Ramen's still around and Drive Through's not. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it's still around, actually. Yeah. Gonna... It's nuts to think about. Yeah, because labels, like, in this day and age, yeah, they don't really last. Yeah. You know? For sure. And it's funny to think about just Food by Ramen in general, all the bands that came through. I mean, Paramore was on there. Um, Panic, you know. Yeah. Um, shit, I'm missing more. Wasn't Reliant K? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of good good bands on there. Definitely listened to a lot of them. Were, were you into Reliant K? Back- y- yeah. In the, that's like the pure volume days. Yeah. Of, yeah, dude. Be uh, My Escape. and You know, it's funny because uh, their first album is a little bit more like... Like hijinks pop punk, I guess okay, it's very yeah. skatey, like very like, but it's also more Christiany. Oh, really? They okay, have a song yeah. called Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend. <laughs> if you get the chance, YouTube the music video because it's fucking amazing. Okay, it's like a, it's almost like the church made it for them. Like they made it at church. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, but it's literally what it's about. Like it, like his girlfriend's into Marilyn Manson, <laughs> and she's been uh, corrupted by sin. I think is one of the words. Wow. Um, but yeah, going, going back to Fall Out Boy, this was their first single uh, for Take This to Your Grave, uh, which is considered their um, their first album. Um, their demo kind of was made to be released later as uh, Fall Out Boy Takes Out Your Girlfriend, and it was more, it was not their official first album. Yeah. Um, and uh, this was actually one of the earlier compositions from the band. Uh, Patrick wrote the lyrics, uh, and Take This to Your Grave is kind of interesting because that's kind of the transition from when Pete started kind of taking over because they would get into arguments about it yeah i yeah i love patrick's lyrics better 
to me, uh, I don't know. He's just more sincere, yeah. and like straightforward. Uh, you know, Pete's are really cryptic, and sometimes that's cool. But yeah, I just like how straightforward that record is, and uh, yeah, it's kind of hard on your sleeve record. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, Pete is trying way too hard to be clever. Yeah, <laughs> which, like you said, it can be cool sometimes. Sometimes, but sometimes this makes you roll your eyes for sure. Um, so, uh, you know, when it comes to take this to your grave, um, I, I love that song. What other songs do you like on that album? <sighs> Front to back. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, Saturday, Grand Theft Autumn. Yeah. There's so many. I love Grand Theft Autumn was the first song I'd ever heard by them. Yeah. I think maybe me too. Yeah. It was, uh, I think uh, one of my friends, we were like driving to like Diversion Arcade or something. And yeah. He was like, you got to check this out, man. He had like a CD mix that he got like from Kazaa. Yeah. And he played that on there. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is like kind of different, but also like familiar. Yeah. No, I, I could listen to every song on that record. It's really good. Yeah. I think that one holds up for sure. I think that's the thing too, because I just listen to it like straight through. So sometimes like I get the song names kind of confused. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't even look. I just go through the whole thing. That was definitely an era of like listening to albums all the way through. It was like watching a movie, you know, it was everything kind of blurs together and you just know it as, oh, well, track seven, you don't remember the names and things <clears throat> like that. Yeah. Everything's so disposable nowadays. Yeah. The whole LP formats kind of, I don't know, been thrown to the wayside a little bit with Spotify and streaming yeah. and it's, it's more about singles now, which is cool too. I mean... It just depends on the band. Yeah, I guess. for sure. Some people care about, you know, a long, long play experience. And uh, yeah, I think that's super cool. I think it's cool that, I mean, concept albums are still a thing now. And it's, I, I like that there's at least options. It's not like it's completely gone away. Yeah, that's a cool thing. You can kind of just do whatever you want. I mean, there's bands that kind of put out just different singles and they all yeah. sound kind of different. That's cool for, for their type of band. Um, but yeah, I still, there's something about uh, an album having a certain sound or, you know, 45 minutes or yeah. something, and you kind of get lost in it. Um, what other bands were you into around this time? Well, this whole era, let me see. Because I, I remember back in, like, the TRL days, yeah. you know, this this kind of music kind of reminds me of, like, an extension of that. Yeah. Kind of when music was still on TV, and there was a whole MCR. You'd see that yeah. music video on TV every day. And, um, yeah, I remember seeing Under Oath a lot on TV oh, and yeah. stuff like that. It's interesting because I, I feel like a lot of the music that was like, you know, Fall Out Boy's peers or the same contemporaries were there was a lot of bands that I got really into. And then I would notice that a lot of like younger people were into it. And it made me like self-consciously be like, oh, like I'm too cool for this. And yeah, I think that's how it was, too. At the time, it was almost too popular. Yeah. You know, it was like. It was really like how YouTube stars are yeah. today, you know, like someone like Ariana Grande or something, yeah. <laughs> some crazy, like that's how big it was back then. So you kind of just roll your eyes at it. Um, but yeah, super nostalgic for sure. I know some other ones uh, like Motion City I was super into Yeah, and Say Anything was another big one I was really into. I feel like I, I like Say Anything. I definitely like their first album a lot. But I feel like I was I missed a boat on them because I feel like had they come out maybe or had I listened to them a few years earlier, they probably would have been my favorite band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, nah, man, you can never miss a boat. <laughs> That's my philosophy. Music's so cool. I'm always going back and you know, yeah, listen to real old records. You know, yeah. Like I've been on like a Smashing Pumpkins kick. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and like you know, My Bloody Valentine and all that stuff. 
love all that old stuff. It's funny because Rock Band made me appreciate Smashing Pumpkins all over again. Yeah. Um, what is the song on there? Uh, it's on Siamese Dream, and I can't remember which one it is. Um, but uh, but yeah, it made me go back because my like my perception of Smashing Pumpkins has always been uh, melancholy, and that was just yeah. like definitive. And then I started listening to like Siamese Dream stuff. Siamese like, Dream's good. Yeah, I know Cherub Rock. Cherub Rock. Like, there oh, it that's is. One? Yeah, okay. that's one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good opener. Yeah, I was just listening to that. I think because yeah, I've been on a like a fuzz fuzz uh, kick, yeah? and they're kind of like the uh, fuzz guitar pioneers in a way. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I I don't remember did Billy Corgan and and um, what's his face Jimmy Aha or Iha. They had like a really weird setup. Yeah, so it's so funny because I was watching this video, just kind of a tangent, but they were. He bought this pedal, like the Big Muff Pie, uh-huh. uh, and kind of just bought it in a pawn shop for like 80 bucks. The, the crazy thing is there's so many variations of that pedal, and that one in particular is like the best sounding one, oh, yeah. which they didn't know at the time. They just bought it because it was at a pawn shop. And uh, yeah, it ends up being kind of the sound of that whole record. Yeah. And, and now that pedal, I mean, you know, they go for hundreds of dollars, you know, and people want the old one that yeah. they used to make. They don't want the factory made. Back then, it used to be, you know, these real nice capacitors and transistors and stuff. So it's got a different sound. It's interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, like, hearing about stuff like that, especially because, I mean, this is pre-internet, you know. This was something exactly. that they were just discovering themselves. Yeah, yeah. Everything, there's no mystery to anything anymore, right? Yeah. you just look it up on the internet. But, yeah, back in the day... Yeah, that's pretty cool. But I think uh, I've just always been kind of conditioned to that sound, that yeah. guitar sound. You know, like just hard rock guitars. I don't know what it is. I think we were talking about Tony Hawk. Yeah. I think Tony Hawk's a big reason. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Was Fall Boy on Tony Hawk? I don't they, think so. No? None of them? Okay. Zach's shaking his head. <laughs> He's the authority on Fall Out Boy. <laughs> not the, I know not the original yeah. ones. I thought maybe a newer one. I don't know. So I, I think... If any, it'd probably be like American Wasteland when all the that's like, what I was thinking. One of the those. newer bands covered like old punk rock songs. Yeah, yeah, that one was cool. I, I like. You know what it was? It was um, they did a Gorilla Biscuit song. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. I think it was it was either Underground or Wasteland, but yeah, I that, think it was Wasteland. That's what's so interesting about Fall Out Boy is they came out of the Chicago hardcore scene and like mm-hmm. they were you know they were hardcore guys and then they they started writing like pop music and. And, uh, and even now, I mean, I was watching an interview with the, they were talking to all of them, picking out records and stuff. And it's funny because Pete or, um, Patrick is definitely like, you can tell he's got like a pop oriented mind and he picked out some Michael Jackson and and Pete picked out something. I can't remember what. And then Andy and Joe are like, yeah, we got terror vision. We got earth (laughs) crisis and like all this, like, like like old hardcore, like there's, they're still like genuinely into it. And that was cool to like that dynamic. That is super cool. Yeah. Especially nowadays. But yeah, I mean, that that's kind of what split them all apart, right? Yeah. I mean, like, Folia Ado, I love that record. It's probably the one I go back and listen to, like, the most nowadays. Uh-huh. But it's so strange sounding. It's like a pop. It's almost like a musical pop yeah. rock thing going on. And you can tell Patrick's kind of just, like, having his way with <laughs> yeah. whatever he wants. That's what I hear when I listen to that record. And even his solo stuff is, uh, I think, is awesome. And I know everyone else tried to do kind of their own solo thing. Yeah. I remember the damned things was cool for oh, a little yeah. bit. And uh I can't even remember Pete's project. He was in like a with he had a chick singer. Oh or, really? Or a chick in the band. I don't even remember. But yeah. 
I just remember Patrick's solo project. That's yeah, it was at. like something punk, right? Like dance punk or uh, soul. Soul punk. That's I think right. It was soul punk. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, Foley Ado is like their blank check record because, mm-hmm. like, people talk about blank check movies where directors make a bunch of money and then the studio gives them a blank check to do whatever they want for however much. And I think yeah. that was kind of their like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get real thematic and dramatic on this one. I love that record. Yeah, it's great. I wish more, it was so huge, you know, it's like the next level of what a rock band should be. It almost like takes me back to Smashing Pumpkins or like, uh, I'm a huge Coheed fan too. Uh, yeah. or even TBS where they bring in like the orchestra yeah. and stuff. And that's like another element thrown into a rock band sound. Like I always thought that's so cool. Like the Coheed Welcome Home. Yeah. Or- I love that Coheed, uh, Claudio specifically, I don't know if the rest of the band, they have these other projects that are kind of intertwined. It's kind of like a Coheed universe with yeah. his comic books and like the, his, what's the side Prize project? Fighter Inferno. Oh yeah. 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 And then uh, that other uh, Djibouti, is that it? Oh, Shibuti. That Shibuti. was their old band. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was what the three piece old band uh, before they formed Coheed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, I should have mentioned that when other bands I was in, into at the time. It yeah. Was, uh, I was such a huge Coheed fan, man. They're like my favorite band probably. I've always liked, I, I liked, their popular stuff, like Favorite House Atlantic is my favorite song by them. Yeah, that's a good one. But seeing them live, I'm waiting for Welcome Home. And, <laughs> wait, and uh, yeah. what's the other one? The uh, Blood... Uh, Blood, Blood Red Summer. Blood Red Summer, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, those are their real poppy ones. He's got, yeah, almost like Patrick. They're both just like transcendent singers. Yeah. They're so fucking dynamic and great. And they've got like that pop sensibility, like super catchy yeah. hooks and stuff. Um, but I think Coheed, it kind of gets lost because they, they have so much other shit going yeah. on, like the prog and the yeah. lyrics and the guitar solos and shit. It's um, so interesting how they make it work, though. Like, there's there's so many other bands that if they tried to do that, it would be a train wreck. For sure. Or, yeah, they're so talented. Um, I've seen them, yeah, like seven times. Oh, yeah. I saw them at Warp Tour. That was insane. And then uh, I saw them at Stubbs. That was a really cool one. Um, that was just a few years ago, right? Yeah. That was there. Yeah. Saves the Day open for them? Yeah, yeah. Um, even their newest record, uh, I really like. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's really good. I just think it's cool how they are able to kind of mesh everything together and, and still still maintain their own style. Yeah. Um, I saw a video of them right after that Goat Ye song came out. Uh, someone I used to know. Yeah, they covered that, They covered right? it, and it yeah. was fucking amazing. Yeah, they had a good one. Um, I know Fallout Boy, like, they had a newer song. I don't know if you heard it. Is the Lake Effect Kid? I don't, I don't know if you heard that one, but it's crazy because um, the guy who did uh, take this to your grave, uh, Sean O'Keefe. Yeah, yeah, he mixed and produced it. Um, he actually did that song too. Okay. So I know when I heard that, one, I was like, "Wow, this sounds like Take This to Your Grave." And it was, I think it was maybe last year it came out. Oh yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound at all like the Uma Thurman. Yeah. Which is a cool song, too. I, I didn't realize that was Fall Out Boy until, like, years later. No way. <laughs> yeah. I'd hear it at, like, the Spurs game and, like, and, like commercials and had no idea. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about the new Fall Out Boy? Like, what's your... Um, it's a... Uh, I don't know. I, I stopped... I kind of... Around Court Creek is when I stopped listening to them. Yeah. Um, and I just... There's, there's a combination of me, like, feeling like this is, like, a little sister band and yeah. me just not realizing I'm not as cool as I think I am. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, I still appreciate them. I think they're all very talented. Yeah. I just haven't really been in anything since then. Yeah. I think 
That's how it was too. Yeah, it was kind of like you wouldn't shout out to the world you're into them because yeah. <laughs> there was just too much. There's so many chicks into them. Yeah. Um, like yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, listening to it now, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And um, ever since they got back together, I was like, well, my songs know what you did in the dark. I thought it was pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, I remember I was at like Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Oh yeah, and they were playing that song through the stadium speakers. I was like, oh man, dude, this is a jam. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this goes pretty because it's got kind of like you know they tried to do the whole more pop, right? Yeah, that's how they are now. And yeah. even Uma Uma Thurman, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Kind of nowadays, the singles I think are all right, but um, yeah, the albums aren't aren't like they used to be for sure. They don't front to back, not as not as great. I think what's interesting is that I think had those songs come out and it wasn't like I didn't know it was Fall Out Boy, like it was presented to me, and I didn't have this history with Fall Out Boy, I probably would be more into them. Yeah, yeah. you know, I think it, it's not like I have this idea. I think Fall Out Boy. I think of the first two albums specifically, you know, and. Yeah, I think rebranding music's kind of important. Oh, for sure. It's weird. But then again, um, the sound's so much different. Like, I think Panic at the Disco, what do you think about their newer stuff? I mean, it's Brendan Urie, so it's it's not to take anything away from him, because I think he's really talented. I think Pretty Odd is my favorite of the records. And that's I, a good one. I don't even know if that's a hot take. I say that to people thinking they're going to like combat me and they're like, oh, no, no, you've got a good, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's valid. Yeah. I mean, Nine in the Afternoon was way. I think that song alone, yeah, like, yeah saves that record. It's just, a, it was way better than it had any business being. So good. He's, but he's like the only one that's, because they've all tried to cross over into that yeah. pop realm. I feel like he's the only one that's really succeeded yeah. in like branding himself a pop artist because. I hear them, I mean, I guess I hear Fall Boy, but I hear him all all the time on the radio. Yeah. You know, especially the the newest record. I hear multitude of those songs on the radio. It's interesting. I, I saw them open up, or him open up for Weezer in Corpus Christi a few years back. Okay. And it was such a weird crowd because there was obviously, like, I hadn't listened to them in a long time. And I was expecting there to be a bunch of, like, people my age kind of being nostalgic and in, you know, the older people for Weezer. And I saw a lot of kids there and I didn't realize like Brendan Urie had this, and then he's got this whole branding thing with, you know, he was on Vine. He was pretty popular on Vine. Yeah. And, uh, he was really just, he was doing what he needed. I think it really showed like a side of him that I didn't know about, but I just remember seeing like kids there and like, it just blew my mind. Like how young the crowd was that night. Well, I think I kind of touched on this before, but, YouTube is kind of yeah. the new MTV, Fuse TV, whatever you want to call it. And it's just kind of YouTube trending is, yeah. is the new what's TRL, you know. And yeah, he's just been consistently, you know, putting out videos and stuff like that. What do you think of his cover of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? I don't think I listen to that. Oh, really? <laughs> no. It's, uh, he's got the pipes for it. Really? It's, it's not too different. I have to check that out. Um, I, I thought it was pretty good. And he did it pretty well live. And it was I mean, he's singing Freddie Mercury and like doing all this like aerobics on stage. So That's he, a hard song to sing. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that out. It's, um, it's pretty all right. <laughs> what do you think about the, uh, I guess, another band from them, like the MCR, MCR reunion? So my girlfriend and I dressed up like the Helena music video the night before they announced the reunion. <laughs> so I feel partly responsible for it. Um <laughs> But uh, I'm 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 glad they're back together. I saw them once at Warp Tour in '05, I think. Okay. 
And I remember by that point, because I was really into them when, yeah. uh, what's it called, first came out. Um, three point, Cheers. Three Cheers, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I, it was a really quick, like, half-life for me because within a few months, I was like, oh, this is like a Hot Topic band. And I didn't yeah. want to admit that I liked them. Yeah, and that's how it was, man. Yeah. By the time Warped Tour came around, I was kind of like, ugh, like all these little girls are in front of me and like, you know. Um, but then like towards when uh, Black Parade came out, I kind of went back to it and, and regretted not seeing them more. Yeah. I'm trying to think of bands today that are like that where I don't want to admit maybe Drake. A lot of people oh, yeah. give me shit, <laughs> but I don't know. Drake's kind of fallen off to me. He's just put so much shit out. Yeah. It's all kind of the same, but yeah, I mean, take care. That was, that was my jam. I don't know. Maybe Drake. I can't think of any other artists <laughs> that like I'm embarrassed to say I like nowadays there's a so like i think kanye but for different reasons um <laughs> yeah. definitely comes to mind and i still will go to bat for my beautiful dark twisted uh fantasy oh so good and 808s is still great yeah graduation still great yeah uh, everything basically before uh Jesus, whatever. Yeah, like Jesus. yeah. i was think all right. that one grew on me a little bit i hated it when oh, it yeah. first came out yeah and I, I don't know. Looking back, I think it's kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. Because after that, everyone kind of do, started doing the minimalistic kind yeah. of sound. It's cool. It's, it grew on me. It's not bad. I, I just, uh, I mean, everything before that was just untouchable, I think. Yeah. My beautiful dark. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the gem right there. For sure. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny because with, with my chemical romance, like I'm glad they're back together because I, I, I do want to see them. And yeah. I think with, with reunions, the guy from Washed Up Emo always says no band ever really breaks up unless they die. And uh, when, like, Motor City Soundtrack announced that they were breaking up, he was like, they'll be back in, like, five years. And it was, like, literally two years later. I think, yeah, just the lack of playing shows yeah. builds a lot of hype, you know? Like, yeah, I watched all the concerts from that, their show in oh, California yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it looked crazy. looked super cool. Um, yeah, I know I saw Tame Impala recently. Oh, yeah? They only play, like, festivals and stuff, so... That was really cool. Um, <laughs> this reminds me of that thing where Drake got booed off stage. Yeah, the Tyler <laughs> the Creator Festival thing. Yeah, because uh, Frank Ocean didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm a huge Frank Ocean fan, too. Yeah. So good, yeah. I, Wanda's so good. Yeah. I uh, we, we, we talked about this uh, with, with Brian. Um, yeah. Or no, with, with, Shout uh, out with to Kevin. Bri. Shout with, out to Bri Bri. Yeah. Um, I... I I need to listen to Blonde more. Like I, it's one of those things. Like you know, you have to be in a mood to like watch a David Fincher movie. Yeah, for I've sure. I've got to be in a mood to watch. Blonde. Yeah. I've been really happy the last few years, so I don't feel <laughs> yeah. like diving into Blonde. Yeah, you gotta be depressed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's so good. I always like. I mean, I, I love the uh, was it our uh, Nostalgia Ultra. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Channel Orange is really good. Yeah, Blonde I think is my favorite. White Ferrari. Yeah, so good. I gotta hear it. <laughs> Yeah, Alex G's on that song. Oh, really? I don't know if, yeah, he plays uh, He's coming to Dallas, I think. Soon. I think he's coming here. Is he? I think he's coming to the Rock Box. Oh, weird. Yeah, and <laughs> I know, so weird. I think it's in March. Yeah, I think he's coming here. That's cool. Yeah. That's another thing I'm, I'm glad that, like, I mean, a lot of it has to do with um, transmission, or not transmission, what are they called now? Margin Walker booking more shows in San Antonio. And you know, it's crazy. My dad does like all the photography yeah. for Margin Walker. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I so, follow him on Instagram. He's, yeah. Everybody should check him out. SKP music. 
Yeah. Yeah, I I love looking at his stuff, and it's always fun to go through Instagram. Yeah, his pictures are awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Margin Walker's been really good. And like when they first started booking for Paper Tiger, I felt like it my like civic duty to go to these shows so these bands would come back. For sure, yeah. And now I feel like I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> They're pretty self-sufficient, I yeah. think, now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not like my one ticket was making a difference, but it felt like it. No, that's cool. It's cool going downtown and stuff. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, that, I mean, in I, I felt like in the mid-2000s when we were in high school, bands came all the time. And I feel yep. like shortly after that, they stopped. Well, yeah, and I think it's the way money just flows through yeah. the music industry now is so different than it was, you know. Bands used to be able to tour and survive. Kinda. Yeah. And nowadays, yeah, I don't know. They pretty much have to sell a lot of merch to survive. It seems yeah. Like. Yeah. And Nerd Rock Josh was talking about how there are some some companies that have, or some like tour booking companies that have clauses where if they perform within 90 miles, they can't do it within like a certain time frame or something. Yeah. And Weird. Austin takes a lot of that from us. Oh, okay. And in the fact that, I mean, people who want to see these bands are going to drive up to Austin doesn't help either. And it's not fair because they want to see the band. It's not, you know, you can't blame them for driving up there. Yeah. San Antonio is a little more out of the way. Yeah. Even Austin's already kind of out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they almost have to choose like, okay, Dallas, Houston, are we going to Austin or San Antonio in between, you know? Yeah. It, I do appreciate that there are a lot of bands that do try to make mo both trips. And I think a lot of bands recently who hadn't come for a while are starting to come more often. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Seems that way. So uh, we're going to talk a lot about the mid-2000s and the emo and third third wave emo and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, because Fall Out Boy was definitely, I think, kind of at the top of that. I, I can't think of a bigger band than Fall Out Boy. Yeah, it was them and MCR, seems yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Blink-182, well, yeah. with the, the generation prior to that, they were right. still a part of that, but I, I think Fall Out Boy was bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you... What, I mean, what got you into Fall Out Boy? Like, what kind of led you to getting into Fall Out Boy? Was it just something that kind of, you know, you listened to Fall Out Boy and that was it? Or were there other bands that you listened to? And then from there you went to Fall Out Boy? Um, I don't know. I think me, I think like a lot of people, I mean, we grew up with radio, right? Yeah. Like, you grew up with radio and Nirvana's on all the time. And I think just subconsciously, I mean, I could not. I hated Nirvana. Oh, yeah. When I, yeah, because it, they would just play it so much. I don't think I hated it. They would just play yeah. it so much. I'm like, I'm so sick of this kind of singing yeah. and stuff. <laughs> um, I love, you know, I love it now. But, uh, and then it's just like a lot of other people. I think it was Blink-182. Yeah. Blink-182 is the biggest thing ever for me, you know. It's the gateway drug into pop punk and just punk in general. Yeah, I remember I had this friend who lived like in the same neighborhood as me and I'd go to his house all the time and he would always be buying CDs and stuff. And I remember one day I came over and he had the Enema of the State CD. Oh, yeah. I was like, who the fuck is this? And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, man, I've listened to that so much yeah. now. And uh, yeah, we used to come home from school and like jam in the garage, just play all the Blink songs, yeah. you know? Yeah, we used what's, to do that every day. What's My Age Again was the first song I ever learned, like, front to bottom. Like, really? Yeah, yeah all yeah. the way through. That one's hard to play. It you was, gotta pick really yeah. good. Yeah, that one's hard. That's actually probably part of the reason why I can't double pick. I, I, I'm oh, so yeah. bad at it because I'm just used to going straight down. So many guitar players refuse. I yeah. know my brother plays guitar, too, and I'm trying to get him to 
double pick. Uh, yeah, he won't do it. My friends always give me shit. Like when we were learning music and we'd play like simple songs like, like Say It Ain't So and then the verse, it's all like upstrokes and I would play downstrokes and they would get so mad. And 16 year old <laughs> me was like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, it does. Like you just, you're playing it wrong. Well, I took a guitar lesson and he was like, oh, you know, play some shit. And I was playing. He's like, oh yeah, you need to, you need to play like this, you know, and do the up and down. And, uh. I just listened to him because he was like doing yeah. solos and shit. I was like, all right, cool. And then, so he made me, but I'm glad cause yeah. you go faster. But, um, I think the first one for me was like, damn it. Oh yeah. Yeah. We played damn it. But with fucking Mike Barrera, Mike B shout out to Mike B. We play that <laughs> shit in the garage like every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love, I love talking to people about like the first, especially, you know, we're of the same generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we used to play like, uh, sugar by system of a down. But oh, we, yeah, yeah. We only knew the verse and chorus. <laughs> so it would just be that over and over again. Dude, that's a good point. I guess before, that was probably before Blink, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Well, around the same time. Because, no, it, like had to, it had to have been after. Because I remember eighth grade, I was listening to System of Down a shitload. I don't know what year that was. But yeah, <laughs> System was huge. Yeah. I listened to System a bunch. Yeah. But it, that was back when, like, new, it was like new metal, new metal yeah. was still kind of like the prevailing thing. Holy shit, that died. <laughs> but yeah, System, I think, kind of transcended that whole genre yeah. anyway. It was kind of like, they always talk about how Motorhead was the one band that, like, punk guys could have the patch of. And I feel like System of a Down was, like, the new metal band that it was okay. Like, it wasn't, sure. like, like, I don't want to say geeky, because it's geeky now, like, New metal is really geeky now. You know what a pivotal one was too. System was huge. Um, Steal this album was huge. Uh, yeah. A lot of people underrated album, underrated System of Down album. But um, Lincoln Park was a huge. Yeah, one. Lincoln Park was fucking huge. Definitely for everybody. I think they kind of transcended new metal too because yeah, yeah. they kind of cut the end of new metal. They really adapted to the times. And I mean, Chester was an amazing singer. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was like the perfect recipe at the time. And there's like this aggression, but there's also like a lot of emotion too. And it wasn't just like, fuck you. I'm going to fuck things up in the pits. Like, fuck you. I'm going to fuck things up in the pit and cry a little bit. You <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> dude, that's a great way of explaining it. Yeah. Chester's voice. Oh my yeah. God. So amazing. It's unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Um, them and kind of rage. Just yeah. kind of growing up with all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's just, I think that's just a system. I mean, just a symptom of being San Antonian, you know? Growing up with Kiss and uh, the the yeah. s- sad part about it is it it's the same as it was twenty years ago. It's the same <laughs> oh, it's music. So sad, dude. Yeah, it's, I don't. Oh my god, what a tragedy! It's hard. It, it's hard to blame them specifically, just because I mean, rock music in general, popular rock music is Imagine Dragons, and that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything else either. I'm not a huge Imagine Dragons fan. Yeah, near <laughs> a lot of respect, but yeah, it's just not for me. I don't know. If you look at like the like the Billboard put out like the top ten rock songs of the decade, and yeah. two or three of them were Imagine Dragons. Twenty One Pilots was on there. It was like things you wouldn't really consider rock, and um, there are a lot of really good bands. I mean, Zach's gotten me into King Gizzard. And Gizzard's cool. They yeah. fucking rule, man. Yeah, I need to listen to more of them. And they're just one of those bands that should be way more popular than they are. I really love how they're all like DIY kind of record yeah. and they're super like record everything to tape and all that stuff. It's super cool. Yeah. I think it's, it's, a, it's kind of a breath of fresh air, not just that, but also the fact that like they're not afraid to go outside of their genre and like yeah. or their quote unquote genre, you know, they, they play all different types of music. 
Yeah, the sound of music's, you know, really changed. Yeah. Everything's so different. I always go back and listen to, like, Elliot Smith and stuff. Oh, yeah? And there's, yeah, it's just, like, that tape sound. Yeah. Man, it's so, I don't know. So raw. It's so awesome. Yeah. Kind of those mid-2000s, I, I don't know. The recording was, it was just, like, real glossy. Yeah. Real, I think that's when kind of auto-tune it was coming out. Yeah. I know I just saw Hello Goodbye kind of recently. Remember that, like, yeah, here in your arms yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Just the drastic auto-tune. Now nah, they're cool. But, um... They were one of those bands that, like, I never wanted to admit I liked. But yeah, that's another one. Too catchy to, like, not like. Too catchy to deny. Yeah. I saw them play with Newfound Glory and Saves... I love Saves the Day. Saves the Day is one of my favorite bands of all time. And Saves I, the Day is great. I went for Saves the Day, but I enjoyed Hello Goodbye. Yeah. My roommate at the time actually, like, hooked up with their touring guitars. Yeah. That's why I really like, um, like I know we've talked about Into It Over It, yeah. but their latest LP standards, yeah, he recorded that all the tape in like this cabin oh, that's awesome. somewhere, yeah, and it's, I mean, you could tell by the way it sounds, it sounds so different, so it's interesting where, where music's going to go, because, um, yeah, like Auto-Tune now, or, uh, you know, all the software they have now, yeah. like it's so subtle, but uh, there's some element of this is too perfect. Yeah. Like when I hear Ariana Grande vocal, it's so good. I'm like, this is unreal good, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting because I think there's a market for people who want, you know, the real raw, yeah. just the straight take, you know, through tubes, into tape. Like there's, I think there's a market for that. So it'd be interesting with all the options, uh, what the future for music holds. For sure. So, I mean, you mentioned Into It Over. We talked about Into It Over it um, before and, I like that that is kind of bringing back like the late nineties, like emo sound, like second wave era. And there's a lot of bands run for covers. Got a lot of bands on there that run for cover. They're just so good. And, um, we talked about pet symmetry and Evan from into it over it and two guys from dowsing. And I think it's so catchy. And so it's just, it's fun to like see it and and listen to it and, and see it kind of relive it all over again. Yeah. It's, it really captures that, that feeling. I'm, I'm super into, um, like all Will Yip stuff too, like uh, Title Fight. Oh yeah, nothing. I um, love Title Fight. Floral Green is Balance and Composure. Oh yeah, he did all those. He does all the Tiger's Jaw. Oh okay, yeah, he's done all those records and they they all sound amazing. I like the first Tiger's. I haven't really listened to the second one or beyond that. Oh really? Yeah. I, even their latest one, I was really into. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I really liked it. They're really good live. I've seen them at a couple of festivals. Yeah, I saw them a few months ago with. It was Menzingers. Oh, and Culture Abuse, right? Culture Abuse. They're a band I won't need to see live. Do you like listening to Culture Abuse? Yeah, I, yeah. I need to see them live because I always forget I like them until they come up on my Spotify. I'm like, oh, yeah, this We is saw good. them with Nothing in Austin. Um, that was a really cool show. And I thought they were all right, but this show, they really killed oh, it. Yeah. yeah and there, it was a totally different kind of sound. I think last time they had like three guitarists or something. Oh, really? It was just noise. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> but this time it was like more, I don't know. It just sounded fuller and better. It's funny because like a lot of those bands are really young. Um, I think most of the ones we mentioned are kind of like our age, but there are younger bands like Modern Baseball mm-hmm. who are replicating the sound and have no idea they're replicating a sound from the 90s. Kind of like a Remo Drive. Yeah, yeah, I like Remo Drive yeah, a lot. Cool. Their first album especially... But, like, I was listening to an interview with Modern Baseball, one of the guys from Modern Baseball, and someone went up to them, they were like, oh, you guys are, like, you're reviving, like, 90s emo. And they were like, oh, so, like, Third Eye Blind? Like, they had no idea what <laughs> 90s emo was. Yeah. 
And it's just so nice that they're just, it's like a natural possession, you know? Third Eye Blind was another one, yeah. too. Uh, that self-titled album is amazing. Fucking so amazing. Uh, yeah, really good. That was like elementary school for yeah. me. That was <laughs> yeah. like Third Eye Blind, Goo Goo Dolls, like that kind of post-grunge um, mainstream rock kind of sound. That up-pop sound, just up-pop, like up-pop yeah. pop rock or whatever. Whatever it was. Yeah. Goo Goo Dolls is a jam, But dude. like even going back, like, Third Eye, like that self-titled album is so good start to finish. Yeah, um, dude, that's Eric Valentine, man. Like, he produced and mixed that. Um, he also did that, remember that Smash Mouth record? Yeah, uh, Astro Lounge? Yeah, yeah, he did all of Astro Lounge, which I think is so funny that these producers, you know, like everything they touch turns to gold. Yeah. I don't know, it just kind of speaks to how much a role producer has in music yeah. and whatnot. But, um, and he also, he did Queens of the Stone Age and... Um, oh, Songs for the Death? Yep. Oh, man. That, I know. That... I know, man. man. It's insane. And he actually most recently, um, he mixed the story so far record. He didn't record it. So I think it would have sounded a lot different, but it was kind of a, you know, coalition. Uh, Sam Puro recording it and uh, Eric Valentine mixing it. So I think it's a great sounding record too. That's awesome. I think maybe that's probably why a lot of these bands now sound so similar because you got a lot of these producers, reader inspired by producers at the time or are the producers of that time. Yeah. And yeah, there's a whole community of those guys and you know, he's got techniques. He's got a whole YouTube channel about oh, recording yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, if anyone's interested in that and uh, yeah, there's just, he's a really cool guy. I've always liked Mark Tombino. Um, he did a lot of like the, he did the Jimmy world. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. He did yeah. Clarity. I don't know if, I don't think he did static prevails. He did bleed American too, I believe. American's good, but he was also in Drive Like Jihu, and that band fucking rules. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think he's, I think he's the rocket from the Crip guy too. Um, I need to listen to, yeah, that band. I know I was checking out some Mineral. After, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, if yeah, for those listening, Mineral Gloria is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, they're from Austin too. I know me and my brothers, we put on like that Refuse record. Oh yeah, yeah, Shaped Punk to come. That was a good one. I love. Uh, I got into that. In not till like late high school, yeah, and it's one of those things that I remember watching the music video when it came out. Oh, for real? I was in fifth grade and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I think I missed. I just missed all that yeah. stuff, you know. But I was real young, I think, when that stuff was coming out. So yeah, yeah, and it's just I, I got to see them in 2012, I believe, at uh, Fun 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 Fest. Oh wow! Um, and uh, we, it was this was. When I was in college, a group of my friends, we were sitting at this Wendy's in, in, on, in the dorm. And I remember we were there. It's like three in the morning. We we're talking about bands that we would give any amount of money to like see reunite. Yeah. Refuse was one of them. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine was another one. And Smashing Pumpkins was another one. And okay. all of them have reunited. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't want to pay that much money to see them. That's almost like a thing now, right? Yeah. It's the... I don't know. It's the gimmicky move, or yeah. if you want to call it that. We're we're broken up, and everyone cries. And it's like psych. <laughs> Buy all the tickets. <laughs> when we went to see Refuse, there's like a group of five of us, and we're all like taking off our carabiners, putting our keys in our pockets because we know shit's about to go down, and like we're getting ready and like kind of getting on the defense. Within thirty seconds, we were all on different corners of the pit. Yeah. We just got pushed away, and it was outside. And my brother said that he saw me. And there's like dust everywhere. And I was the only dumbass not wearing a bandana because I thought they were just trying to look cool. I'm like, no, they're doing it for utilitarian purposes. So I'm there and my asthma is like killing me. And my brother said he saw me. He's like, I was swimming with sharks. Like I was like 
going up for air and like, he's like I thought you were gonna drown in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was nuts, but it was it was awesome. It was it was definitely worth the wait to see them. Yeah, it's so crazy now too, because like the whole band format is kind of yeah. like died too. That's another thing. I mean, it's so hard being in a band and you've got four people tr- pulling in different directions. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, there's all this stuff. You could just do it on your own. I think Tame Impala is the, the biggest guy for me just because he, he records everything and he mixes it all. Oh, yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. Because that um, Currents just sounds amazing. Yeah. And I know like Frank Ocean records all his own vocals and stuff like that. So... But yeah, there's a lot of artists like that. The solo, you know, Grimes is another yeah. one. And I, I'm really into this band, uh, Japanese House. Uh-huh. Uh, they're really good. Or she's really good, I should say. Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of, you know, I, I think this is part of the reason why I feel like most bands who have this longevity were friends before they were in a band. Yeah. I feel like when bands come together, it's very rare where you see like, oh, we got this guy from a Craigslist ad and they stay together for 20, 30 years, you know? Yeah. Not that Craigslist has been around that long or anything, but like, it's just, it's more, I don't want to say more genuine, but it feels like more like there's definitely a bond outside of the music that keeps them together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Weezer, Weezer's been around yeah. a while, huh? They've gone through a few bases, but other than that, I mean, the three guys have been uh, there since 94. Since it's crazy. Club. Yeah. Cause I, I like all their newer records too. I think they're really good. I, uh, the White Album. White Album. My favorite post-Pinkerton album. White Album is so underrated. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, I was talking to a friend, and I've probably mentioned this a bunch of times on the podcast before, but we were at, uh, in Wrecking Ball Fest uh, in Atlanta, and we Uh ran into each other, and we're kind of taking a break, and that album just come out, and him and I were both talking about, like, like, there's a chorus in the song, I can't remember which one, I think LA Girls. In the, okay. in the bridge, not the chorus, the bridge. He was like, dude, the first time I heard it, I cried. I'm like, dude, me too. <laughs> yeah, I know the bridge of like Summer Lane and Drunk Boy. Oh, yeah. I love that song. There's yeah, but song- I love that bridge, yeah. Have you heard a song exploder about that song? Yeah, I watched that. Dude. I was showing Andrew that, yeah. That's so nuts. I love just hearing, he's so meticulous and so, and I expected exactly what he was talking about. Dude, I can't, yeah. I've listened to a bunch of those, but that one in particular, um, if you write songs, it's so cool to listen to because, God, I would just never think of some yeah. of the stuff he does, man. Like spreadsheets and, uh, I don't know. It's yeah. crazy. The way he writes music is crazy. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's kind of, I don't want to say cute, but it's kind of like it's reaffirming that like he's still got these kind of tendencies and these these kind of like little intricate things about him, you know, that, that go into his music and... Like OCD, yeah, basically <laughs> yeah. OCD level. It's so crazy too, because like you know, a lot of people hear Weezer like, ah, oh, whatever, I don't yeah. care, but it's just normal pop sound or whatever. But yeah, it's so detailed the amount of work he puts into those songs. Yeah, I, I've always liked the fact that he has kind of Rivers specifically has very been very open to like adapting to the fans. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why they're still together and. uh they uh, he he specifically will like take criticism and then the next album's different and for better or worse you know it, he he listens and takes that constructive feedback with the next album. Yeah, I think people get kind of hung up on like oh there's like rock distorted guitars yeah. and drums, but if you listen to like the new Blink record and you listen to the White album, which are only like a few years apart, right? Yeah. I mean they sound 
so different. Yeah. You know, like the white album is like raw and real as new blink. I still like blink, but it's just yeah. really overproduced and glossy and like pop. And it's, it's so different. Yeah. Sounding. My hot take is they're better with Skiba. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. And it's not even like a dislike for Tom DeLonge. It's just that Skiba's a better guitar player. He's a better singer. Like technically he's better. <laughs> I, you know, how am I going to argue this? I watched a video uh, the other day. I don't know. I was just on a rabbit hole on YouTube and it was like Tom DeLong speech at a show oh, yeah. or something. And he's just telling this story for like 20 minutes while he's like playing the I miss you chords. And then uh-huh. he goes into that song and everyone's singing it. And he's literally, I was like, man, he can like entertain the entire room <laughs> just with a story like by himself. And I was like, I don't know. I think that's kind of what's missing for it's me. Some of the personality. The essence, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And he's just telling, you know, like stupid, like high school jokes throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the, I still have yet to see them live in any iteration of, of them. And I've yeah. been a fan since, since Enema to State. I haven't seen them either. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just, I, I don't know when they announced it. I, I just. Well, the ticket, I remember I was going to, I think I was thinking about going, the tickets were kind of high. Yeah. I mean, they're so huge. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I didn't want to be in the nosebleeds or whatever. Yeah. I was, because I went to Riot Fest uh, the year they were supposed to play, and like, there was a lot of mystery going on because they didn't amount, announce a second. There was a lot of stuff that happened that year that was not good for the festival. And they announced like literally the weekend, like the day before it started that Blink wasn't going to be there. Yeah. And I was super pissed. Weezer took their spot. And um, when I saw Weezer and Corpus, that's the best I've ever seen them. So I've been, af- I was afraid to see Weezer again because I didn't want to like live that down. And they played and they were okay. They weren't as good. I've seen them three times. And oh, really? the, the second time was the best. And, uh, but it was, it was still fun. It didn't ruin it for me by any means, but it would have been cool to, to see Blink-182. Yeah. I really want to see them, but this reminds me of that Hella Mega tour yeah. or whatever coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Who is, I know it's Weezer and Fall Out Boy. And, and Green Day. Green Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never seen Green Day either. Um, so I, I think we were, t- my girlfriend and I were talking about going to the, either the Dallas or Houston one. I really want to go to that. Yeah. Yeah. I got to see that. Just, yeah. Just to cross it off my list, you know. Green Day is dope. That was, you know, that was another band at the time that was so big. I was yeah. like, I don't really, yeah, <laughs> I can't tell. Well, people. it's funny because they had like two, like two pumps of like stardom, you know, in the mid nineties, you know, yeah. with Dookie and then they kind of kept the momentum to Nimrod and then shenanigans came out, warning and then shenanigans and it was kind of went down and American Idiot blew up and they had a whole yeah. new crop of fans. I think that's, yeah. I think that's almost like the panic we were talking yeah. about record is a whole new generation of fans yeah, that's that true. like probably don't even like dookie yeah. or would <laughs> listen to dookie you know that's so funny i think the most interesting thing is i got into them around i didn't like I, I listened to them but i wasn't really into them until middle school and that was right before warning came out and i had this friend who got me into all the punk rock that i listened to yeah and he was all into them warning came out warning is a lot more like mature i guess it's a lot softer yeah and he was like fuck this they're a bunch of sellouts and like they had been on a major record label for yeah. like three out al- four albums at that point so it was just such a pick and choose kind of situation but i just think it's interesting that's when people started to hate them yeah again. what was that uh swing life way who was that was that a uh, rise against oh yeah rise against i remember that one I don't know, I'm just thinking, and then, like, Sayerson jumped in my head for some reason. That was the whole MySpace era, too. Yeah. 
That was a good one. For sure. Seven years. <laughs> yeah. That was the first song I ever heard by them. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, That was post-Anthony Green, right? Or was that... No, that, that was, was like, Okay. Yeah, that was the first EP. was translating the name. Yeah. That was one of the songs off that. I love... I, I like it. I think he's super talented. I love that he kind of just is like a band mercenary. He'll like start a band or like be in a band for a little bit. And then uh, who else? What's his name? Um, from, uh, uh, oh my God, from Faith No More. Zach's going to kill me for not knowing his name. I can't remember. Yeah, Mike Patton kind of does that. Okay. with Like he'll like sprinkle a little bit of his like spice into a band and then like goes and does another band and. I think it's cool that like, I'm not trying to compare them, you know, yeah. but I think it's cool that Anthony Green kind of does that. That's such a cool sounding record. Yeah. That was kind of after all this with uh, Chiodos and oh, all yeah. that. Yeah. That was a cool scene. It was good. There's a band, Zola off the Rock and Roll Destroyer, and Anthony Green was in that band. And That's then right. Yeah. He left and did Say Ocean. And I remember when they released their first album, they have it listed as song Plays Pretty for Baby. Um, it, everyone thinks it's a SSA Ocean song because it's listed Zilla the Rocket Destroyer featuring Anthony Green from Say Ocean. And yeah. I guess like Kazaa and like LimeWire all listed it just as a Say Ocean song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that band, I like them a lot. They're they're kind of my uh, Motion City soundtrack-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned Rise Against and that's kind of bringing us full circle because uh, the guys from Fall Out Boy were in the Chicago hard scene, hardcore scene with the guys from Rise Against. Okay, and I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's a nuts. I it's, never got super into Rise Against. But like that, that song, I remember. Yeah, I like that one song. Um, give it all or give it give it all. Okay, that yeah. one's fun to play in a rock band. Also, <laughs> <laughs> rock band. Um, so coming back to Fall Out Boy, are any final thoughts about Fall Out Boy? It's great. You should listen to "Take This to Your Grave." Great record, for sure. All right. Um, do you have anything to plug? Anything coming out soon? Um, yeah, I guess just, uh, follow, uh, new blood TX on Instagram and kind of all my updates will be on there. Um, yeah, I got some musical projects I'm working on a couple different ones. So trying to get it all put out. So it's a lot of work. <laughs> awesome. I also want to give a shout out to you for helping us with a lot of the production you've made. The last few episodes sound great. The last few performances. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I've heard some of the, the ones coming up to you, um, which will be before this episode releases. So I'm talking to you from the past and the future. <laughs> uh, but no, they, they all sound great. So we're, we're lucky to have you and, and thank you for cool. all the help you've given us. Awesome, man. Thanks. All right. So coming up next, we've got Brett of New Blood covering Fall Out Boy's Dead on Arrival.
Song.